Amen. Church, if you have your Bibles, open them to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 for a message entitled, How to Overcome Anxiety. But first, let's go to the author. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you wanting to learn what you say about being anxious, worrying. Father, I pray that we would be able to understand what you say, but also that you would apply it to our lives so that way we can overcome anxiety. Lord, I pray you would just teach us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So church, if you find yourself uh, anxious at times, full of anxiety or worry, I would just encourage you that you are definitely not alone. This is something that all of us face, Christians and non-Christians alike, where there are worries in this life that creep into our minds and can lead us into dark places. And so what we're going to do is we want to look at what God says about anxiety and how we're supposed to overcome it. Because anxiety unchecked can lead us into some very scary places. There's ways that we cope with anxiety just to get through life. So you might find yourself as a Christian wrapped up in isolation. Maybe your anxiety has driven you to a place where you want to be by yourself all the times. You close the curtains. I read on an anxiety and depression website where one police officer was in a an incident where he had to take another man's life and it drove him into a place of isolation into drug use, into alcohol, and into sinful relationships. It was a coping mechanism for the thoughts that he had to go through over and over and over. I know that sometimes anxiety can make us very angry people and we lash out. There's worries that are going on in our minds, but when those that come around us that we love, we're thinking about those worries, and so we say things, we behave in ways that are not pleasing to the Lord. I know that we can have ways to overcome anxiety. We, we watch a lot of TV, or we pour ourselves into movies. We go on buying sprees. We harm ourselves. And so here's the thing, St. Our God does not want us to just cope with anxiety, with the worries of this world. Our God says this, I can help you overcome anxiety. But first, I want to I kind of halfway read and sing you a song. This is how the world says to overcome anxiety. First, let me explain a little bit about this song. This song was big in 1988. Raise your hand if you were alive in 1988. Okay, all right. Well, there's a few of us. So this song, it was big in 1988. It was the first a cappella song to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, a position held for two weeks. 
was also a hit in the United Kingdom, reaching number two during its fifth week on the UK singles chart. In Canada, the song reached number one in its eighth week. One critic noted it is a formula for facing life's trials. So here's the thing. This song, are you guys ready for the song? I mean, this is the song on how to face life's trials. This was a big hit. Here it goes. You guys ready for this? It's Bobby McFerrin. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it. Don't worry. Don't worry, be happy now. Now, you guys got to sing with me on this part. Don't worry. Be happy. There's some more woohoos, and then it goes, don't worry, be happy. And then it goes into that woohoo again and again. Don't worry, more woohoos. Be happy, more woohoos. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlords say your rent is late. You might have to litigate. Don't worry. Ha 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 ha. Be happy. Look at me. I'm happy. Woo hoo hoo hoo. Don't worry. More woohoos. Be happy, and then it keeps going. So, Saint, it's just that easy. All you got to do is if you don't have a place to sleep and you get kicked out of your house, just don't worry and be happy. The end. Let's go home. And you know what, Saint? That is kind of how the world deals with it. Because the world, those who do not believe in Christ, don't believe there is a God who loves us. They don't believe in a God who created us. They don't believe in a God that wants to get down in our trials and our troubles and our anxiety and our worries. They, they, they don't believe that. And so what else do they have? They just have to say, I don't know, man. Uh, don't worry. Be happy. And just get on with life. That's the world's answers. But, but saints, here's the beautiful thing. Our God tells us how to handle worry. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your anxieties, which are worry and care, on him because he cares for you. Okay. Now what we're going to do is we want to slowly digest this amazing steak and potatoes and green beans verse, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So here's the thing. Saints, this was written a long time ago. God knows that we are going to be anxious, that there's things that we're going to worry about. He knows this. He created us. He knows the effects of the fall. He understands. And so for those of you who are new to Christianity, understand this. You have a God that loves you. He knows everything about you. And he doesn't want you just to live a life saying, hey, don't worry, be happy, the end. It's no. 
we're going to cast our cares upon a creator who intimately loves us. But let's dig into this verse. Let's first look at that word casting, casting. Well, this word casting means to throw upon or cast. Turn to Luke chapter 19, verse 28, so we can see this word in action. Because if we can understand the word, then we understand exactly what God is wanting us to do. But we want to look at this word in a different context. Luke 19, verse 28. This is the triumphal entry of our God, Jesus Christ. Verse 28 through 40. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say, The Lord has need of it. Verse 32. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. Now here's where we find this same word. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing, that word throwing is the same word of casting, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with loud voice for the mighty works that he had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. So we look at that word casting or throwing in verse 35, where they took this and they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they threw it on the colt. And so what we are supposed to do with our anxieties is we're going to cast them or throw them on to our God. Look at verse 7b, casting all, all, all. So whatever the verse is talking about, we are to cast all of it, not some of it. Have you noticed that sometimes it's easier to cast some of our anxieties upon the Lord, but not all of our anxieties upon the Lord? But here God is saying this, cast all of our anxieties, all of our worries. Now let's look at that word anxiety. One theologian says this, quote, Peter exhorts believers to throw on the Lord all their anxiety, a word that can include the discontentment, discouragement, despair, questioning, pain, suffering, and whatever other trials they encounter because they can trust his love, faithfulness, power, and wisdom. Christians, you're not alone in your anxiety. You are not alone in your worry. If it keeps you up at night, if right when you get 
out of bed, you're starting to think and you're starting to worry about what about this and then this and then this. Maybe you worry about money troubles. Maybe, maybe you worry about one of your kids. Maybe they aren't doing so well. Maybe you're worried about your own health. Maybe you're anxious about your career. There's so many things that you can be anxious about. I remember, I mean, I, I think it's embarrassing, so I won't share exactly what I was so anxious about. But there was something I was so anxious about and so worried about. And it would like loop in my brain. And I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to know what you're supposed to do. And so I took the verse, and yes, I did it. And here's the thing. I would cast it upon the Lord. It's like this. It's like, here's my worry, my anxiety. And I would give it to the Lord, and then I would walk away and I'd say, you know what? It's God's. He loves me. And then I would go back, and I would pick that worry up again. I'm like, yeah, but what if this happens? Or if this happens? What if this happens? And then this happens and then I would have to stop and I'd say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Ugh. I have to go back. I have to cast it upon the Lord. And here's the thing, saint. You do that as many times as it takes until you're free of that anxiety, that worry. We cast it upon our Lord. Now, we don't just cast it in the wind. Look at that verse. On him. So who is it that we cast it upon? On him. I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. This is our God. This is Jesus explaining to us. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Are you anxious about your life? Is there anything in your life that you're anxious about? Well, you will eat. Or what you will drink. Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. So now here's the thing. Jesus is saying this. Look at the birds of the air in order for me to prove my point. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone out into the woods or just into your backyard and you said, you know what, I know Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. I want to I wanna go out there. I want to see how this works. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. So if you're anxious about clothing, have you gone out and have you looked at the flowers in your pastures? Have you seen how amazingly beautiful they are? Jesus says this, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They need a toil, no spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day 
is its own trouble. Here's the point. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. He knows that whatever it is you're being anxious about, he knows it. He's got it. He understands. And so saying, I would just tell you that our God is trying to prove to you that he'll take care of you. He's trying to prove to you that he loves you. And he says, look at the birds and look at the flowers. Have you ever had a child like overwhelmingly freak out about eating food? Not like a timber chair, like they want food, but they're just like, are you going to ever feed me? I mean, it, it's kind of comical at times when you have a child and let's say you're on a road trip and they're like, I'm hungry, you know, I'm hungry. And then they start a little desperate, like, am I just going to starve to death back here? And you as the parent, you're driving like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to let you die back there. Isn't it a little bit absurd? And you think, I'm your parent. I love you. Of course, we're going to stop and we're going to get some food. It's a little bit absurd if you think, don't you have any faith in me as your parent to not let you die? Have I ever let you die? You're eight years old. I fed you every day of your life. And our God's saying this, listen, I love you. I know what you need. There's nothing that you need to be anxious about. Give your anxiety, give your worries to me. Here's the point. We cast our anxieties on God one who created us. He knows everything about us. He knows how we are infected and affected by sin. And how we respond in damaging ways to anxiety. And he wants to help us. He knows that we respond in very hurtful ways to anxiety. And it hurts our own bodies. If you start to research someone that is overly anxious, it is not good for their body. It's not good. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This is, this is the go-to verse about anxiety. So if you are an anxious person, you should highlight Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, because our God says this. This is how you are to deal with with anxiety, do not be anxious about anything. Now, if you say, well, wait, what about? Because if there's anything in there when I said that, and you're like, yeah, but Rusty, what about? Well, I'm just the messenger, but your king said that you're not to be anxious about anything. And so he says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's totally different than the song. Don't worry. Be happy. The end. That's not what it, that's not what it says here. It says, don't be anxious, but what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go to God. You go to him, and then you pour out your heart. Say, Lord, I'm overly fearful about this thing. And then you wait for an answer. It doesn't mean that you just wallow in your anxiety. It says this, is that we take our anxiety. Lord, I'm really freaked out about this. We go to the Lord with thanksgiving and we let our requests be known to him and say, Lord, you're so good. You're so powerful. You're in control. You know what's going on. Lord, this is what's tearing me up right now. And you say, Lord, what is it that you have me to do? 
And guess what? You wait for an answer. You wait for an answer. Lord, this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried about money. And say the Lord might say, okay, you need to restructure your life. We're going to look at your budget. You say, whoa, no, wait, no. No, the preacher said, all I do is pray, and I kind of assumed that you were just going to give me more. Maybe he'll do that, but maybe he'll say, no, 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 no. You need to restructure some things. Maybe if you're anxious about a relationship, you say, Lord, what is that you want me to do? I'm really anxious about this. Lord says, hey, I want you to take him out to lunch. You're like, no, 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 no. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So you wait for an answer. So we don't just wait in our anxiety. We don't just pray and be like, okay, it's going to be gone. It's, we pray, we let our thanksgiving, our supplications be known to God and say, Lord, now what is it that you would want me to do? What do you want me to do? And we wait upon the Lord. He loves us. There's a quote by George Mueller. God used George Mueller in a very special way to orphans. And he says this, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of truth faith is the end of anxiety. Because think about this. Our anxiety crops up because of a lack of faith that the Lord can do what he says he's going to do. And so I would say this, Saint, if you have been driven into a, into a dark hole of anxiety, your God loves you, he cares for you, and he wants you to come to him. He wants you to take that anxiety, throw it upon him like a blanket on a cult. Give it to the Lord and look at the last half of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, 7 because he cares for you. See, I hope that you're encouraged that our God cares for you. I mean, think about that. He knows every hair on your head. He cares for you. And so I hope that you're encouraged by that. Because life can be very hard at times. But know this, God cares for you. And here's how he ultimately displayed his care for you. Here's how our God ultimately displayed that he loves and cares for you. It's called the gospel. It's the good news. See, here's the gospel. The good news is this, and the way that God demonstrated that he cares for you is this, is that we were all born into sin, which makes us slaves to doing things that are disobedient to God. We just are born in it. And the Bible says this, is that our God is holy and that no one with sin can stand before him. But our God demonstrated that he cares for us, that he loves us, that he came to earth and he willingly laid his life down to purchase us. So imagine this. Imagine that we are all in this area and that we are owned by someone we are a slave and then our God comes in front of our master and purchases us out of slavery and now we get to be his we belong to him that's what the gospel is the Bible says that we are slaves to sin 
and that Jesus Christ dying on the cross atoned for all of our sin. He paid for it. But now here's the thing, is that our God says this, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you've got this group of people standing right here, they have to call out and say, Lord, save me, save me. So as Jesus stands down here and says, whosoever calls upon my name shall be saved. And all of us are handcuffed and we're like, save me. Now, sadly, some people will just turn their back and they say no. But our God demonstrated his love for us, his care for us, that he died on a cross. And it's not that just he died, because lots of people have died for good things. But he demonstrated that he is fully God because he rose from the dead. That's how he demonstrated that he has care for us, that he loves for us. Now I'm going to read you this psalm as we, as we close. This psalm, I hope, is a comfort to you. If you are someone that struggles with anxiety, I hope that you take Psalm 40 and you read it and you reread it and you let God's word just wash over you. Let me read to you Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Do you cry before the Lord in your anxiety? Maybe you don't feel and you worry about how good of a dad you are or how good of a husband you are. Or maybe as a mom, you're anxious. You don't feel like you're, you're able to get a breath. Do you cry before the Lord? He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of my miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise of God. Many will see the fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book, it is written to me, I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O oh Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. 
Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. So, Saint, I will just close in saying this. Is that your God loves you. And he doesn't want you just to dwell with anxiety. He says this. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I hope that you're convinced of this. Let's pray. Father, you do care for us. Lord, sometimes we forget how much you care for us. Lord, and we get caught up into ways to try to cope with the anxiety and the worries that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And so, Lord, I just want to first ask grace and mercy upon us for any sinful ways that we have tried to cope with our anxiety. Forgive us, Father, all of us, because we've all done it. Now, Lord, I just want to pray for a deep desire to cast our anxieties upon you and an understanding to do that and the wisdom to do it. Lord, help us. Draw near to us. Lord, I pray that you would just comfort the brokenhearted. Let us be a people that live differently than the world that says, just don't worry, be happy. And we say, we will cast our anxieties upon our God, the one who loves us. We will continually praise you, O Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your patience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you'll stand with me. This is our time of invitation, of decision. And so if you are like me, prone to 